The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You could pack. That's Look, right. there you pack go. You just take there. that part off. Yeah. Woo. Oh, man. You'll have some monster hits right there. That'll be great. You'll be stoned <laughs> as hell. <laughs> well, that was one potential use for the business end of the recorder that I played last week. I have vowed to learn how to play the Chris Sims unbuttoned theme music on my recorder. Maybe I will be part of the live band that we will have. When we're in Las Vegas, trombones, trumpets, oboes, and a recorder playing. And then we can smoke weed out of it when we're done. Okay, that sounds like a plan. I'm definitely in for that smoking weed part at the end of it. Um, so wait, you got it today, right? It I would mean, probably ruin. It would. It would probably ruin the recorder, though. Yeah, don't it? worry. You're like rich. You can buy another one. It's no it, problem. You got plenty of money there, buddy. Don't you worry. You'll get another one. What uh? Let's. You got it with you today, there, Mister Musical. No, I don't. Uh, you don't. Come on, Beethoven. What the hell? Why didn't you bring it up today? I think you should. Next thing. I don't have anything else to play. Well, I think you should have to play like the Sunday night football theme music. That should be the next thing you play for the folks out there. Learn how to do that. Okay? Can you learn that? But there's only like five notes on the thing. Then like, why the hell was really the thing invited? It, why was it invented if it can't play a damn song? What the hell does this thing do? I assume that there's a way I assume there's a way to like go flat and sharp, but I think I obviously it's only gonna be one octave. I assume that you can hit all eight notes sharp so. and flat as well in the recorder. So I probably could figure out how to play the Sunday night football theme, the Chris Sims unbuttoned theme. I do know how to play Windy as we proved last week. Yes. But that's that's about it. Okay. And I can't practice on the thing because my dog goes crazy when I play it. What, what, do you, what do you? Why? What do you mean? She goes like she barks and she hates it. She hates it. Drives it? her nuts. Yeah. Well, welcome yeah. to the club. Macy, join the club. That's OK. Don't worry. You'll be OK. <laughs> All right. 
Uh, well, we got time to waste today, too, because there's only 13 games. Six teams are off this week. This is one of the final weeks of the buys, this week and next week. For the final four weeks of the season, everybody plays every week. So six teams this week. There were I'll none take last it. week, which is good. Thanksgiving weekend. You know, you've got three games on Thursday, right. one on Friday. Right. You dilute the pool as it is for Sunday with all those games. This week, six teams getting a break, 13 games for us. Last week, damn it, straight up, we disagreed on four games. And thanks for nothing, Minnesota Vikings. Thanks for nothing, Josh Dobbs. Yeah. Astronaut, yeah. my astronaut. Way to go, Bears. No Bears. Mike Dickon, the Bears, came into town. Whoop that ass. Way to go, Bears. I'm clinging to a two-game <laughs> straight-up lead. I'm now four behind against the spread because Chris was 11-5. 11-5 is pretty damn good against yeah, the spread there. That's five, Bucko. though. 80 and, and 85 is five. You're five games back. This will get counting. Okay? Five games. Yeah, I get. What did I say? You said what did four. I say? Don't cheat me out of my game. You know, I just I got I, five. Okay, I'm five. <laughs> All right. Sorry, fucker. All right. Uh, best, best bets. Uh, we had four last week. Chris was wrong on Thanksgiving. I was right. Otherwise, Chris did very well on Sunday. He was three and zero between Sunday. It was just all Sunday picks, not Monday. So I think I had a fr- I had the Black Friday Dolphins game as part oh, of my right. weekend you picks. Right? That's right, right, which is easy. Right. I mean, come right. on, you take the defense off the field versus the Jets. I'm not sure they're going to score a point. In fact, you almost feel like the Jets, their offense will give the other team some points at some point. So that, that was comical. Was that not hilarious watching and, and, the, the hell Mary at the end of that black Friday game or first half there? Unbelievable. Yeah. I, I talked to Javon Holland about it this week. You know, he doesn't have the green light to do what he did. His instruction is knock it down. Yeah. He freelanced on that. He decided, screw it. I'm, I'm catching it. And I'm going to see where this goes. Well, ballers and he do. said once he made a move and he saw it was just Tim Boyle, he said, there's no uh, way the quarterback's tackling me. I love him. got to the end zone. Yeah, so that, that was, was awesome. A great moment. It was awesome. I love Javon Holland. Tim Boyle. Go ahead. Tim Boyle. Why is Tim Boyle playing? No, I'm just – the whole thing confuses me. Yeah, no, well, it's 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 a weird situation there in New York. And as we know, I think a lot was dictated by Aaron Rodgers. But I am really excited Who? that Aaron Rodgers. I think the whole situation Who? there. Yeah, that guy. Right. We made it through two hours this morning without mentioning the Aaron Rodgers vanity tour. So let's keep that rolling. Okay. Well, damn, you brought him up. You brought the Tim Rogers, Boyle up. And look, that's at me, got me there. <laughs> look at me. I'm back at practice 11 weeks after I partially, I mean, completely tore my Achilles tendon. Look at me, everybody. What are you looking at? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Enough of that. Yeah. Well, what I wanted to okay. say, though, about Javon Holland is – Different defensive scheme this year. Still the same awesome player. Last year in a scheme, right, Mike, we talk about this a lot. They blitzed a ton, you know, with Boyer, the old holdover from Flores. He is such a talented safety. They asked him to do things that most safeties in football were not asked. His PFF grade wasn't good because of that. So then everybody thinks he's not good, even though I voted him for him all pro last year. Now he's in a different defense where he's not asked to do crazy things all the time. And now I got people coming up to me left and right. Oh, Javal Holland, he's a hell of a player, huh? He's a good player, huh? And it just drives me crazy. And also I'm glad to see the guy get the credit he deserves because he's awesome. It was fun to talk to him as well. He had some great thoughts on grass versus turf. And also this idea of how hard it is to flip the switch back and forth between guy who goes out on the field with that ultra-aggressive mentality and then when you leave the football field back to being a normal person. He said the harder transformation is to go from being normal to being ready to go. 
that that's the harder thing to do. It's easier to turn it off than it is to turn it on. He talks all about that. You can find it at cool. the NBC on NFL or NFL on NBC, as the case may be, YouTube page. All right. By the way, if you didn't already know, you're finding out right now that every week this season you can play along with us. DraftKings has set up the free $1,000 Florio and Sims Pick'em Pool you pick every game against the spread for a chance at a $1,000 prize pool, not prize, but prize pool every week. Download the DraftKings app, click on the pools tab, and enter the free $1,000 Florio and Sims Pick'em Pool to make your picks or visit draft, DraftKings.com slash pools. And just like us, you must enter all of your picks before kickoff of the Thursday night game, which leads us directly to the Thursday night game. There can be no complaints tonight from Al Michaels or anyone else for this one. Seattle Seahawks in their old school silver helmets and awesome blue jerseys taking on the Cowboys in Dallas. This happens every year now where the Thursday after Thanksgiving, two of the teams that played on Thanksgiving play the following Thursday night. That gets the Cowboys on the Amazon this year, and we know that it's going to be gigantic ratings. Whatever channel, you can put the Cowboys on local access, and someone's going to find it, and millions are going to watch it because the Cowboys, unlike any other team, pack them in, Chris. So let's get to it. Nine-point favorite is the Dallas Cowboys at home against the Seahawks with an over-under of 47.5. 86% of the spread money is on the how about them Cowboys? Do the Cowboys find glory hole tonight? I can understand why the money's on the Cowboys for sure. I, there's no question they're a better football team than the Seattle Seahawks, right? You know, the nine points, I understand that too. We know when the Cowboys win, they don't just win, they usually obliterate you, right? There's some things there we talked about on PFT this morning. You know, the Seahawks, the offensive line's not good. It's not. That's got to be a concern against the Dallas Cowboys, who arguably got the best pass rush in football. It's right up there with anybody, right? You know, they got good cover corners. They make plays that way. The Seahawks can't run the ball, right? They're not good on third down. They're not good uh, in the red zone. So those are issues. Now, where I will say, and you heard me say this earlier, where I do think they have a, a, a puncher's chance is that the the Cowboys do play aggressive. They play man-to-man. They get in your face, and we know that they got three studs at receiver in Seattle that can make some things happen, let alone they have a desperation thing here. There, there's no doubt there's got to be more desperation on Seattle's side than Dallas' side, who also needs to be desperate. I, I know that. They're trying to win the number one seed. Uh, you, know, you flip it around, and the Seahawks' defense – you know, a little bit, hey, their offense doesn't help them out. Their offense is one of the worst at staying on the field in football. But it's the Seahawks defense that's not always sound. You know, I think that's the biggest problem. There's better talent than what they play. Now, there's not enough difference makers up front on the front seven. Uh, that concerns me. But I do think, again, Dallas kind of simple on offense. It's not crazy. They've just pushed the ball down the field a little bit more. And I think that plays into Seattle's favor a little bit. I'm taking the Cowboys to win, but the nine points is too much for me. I think this is a got to have it, you know, desperation. We might fall out of the playoffs type performance by Seattle. I think they keep it close and hang around, but Cowboys 24-21. 
Yeah, it doesn't matter that it's got to have it. It doesn't matter that they might fall out of playoff consideration. They know what's coming next. A trip to San Francisco where they're going to get their ass kicked again. And then they have to play the Eagles. They know what is happening. They are sinking into quicksand. And, Chris, the last couple of times the Cowboys have been at home, I've seen the spreads, and they've been big spreads. Yeah. And I've said they're 10 points too light. 16 and a half against the Giants. That's 10 points too light. What was it, 11 against the Commanders? That's 10 points too light. And they would have covered... Both games, if the spreads had been 10 points higher. Now, I'm not ready to say this one's 10 points too light, but, you know, you hit the nail on the head. When the Cowboys win at home, they don't win by a field goal. They win by at least 10. They kick your ass. And I can see them all over Geno Smith. I can see Geno Smith coughing the ball up multiple times. I hear you. You know, at some point they got to ask themselves, let's see what Drew Locke has for an extended stretch because maybe he's our guy next year. I don't know. They've got all options available to them because they can exit Geno Smith's contract after this year. No Kenneth Walker. It just it feels like, you know, the, the progress the Seahawks were making last year. They make the playoffs first year post-Russell Wilson. And the Broncos stink with Russell Wilson. And it was euphoria in Seattle because they got both ends of it. Hey, we're good. And Russell stinks, and they were thrilled. And now this year, the Broncos have turned it around. The Seahawks are falling apart after they showed a lot of promise. I think it continues. I just think this Cowboys defense at home, we talked about this earlier today, on the turf, they're so much faster. They're so much better. They have balance, and they're desperately trying to catch the Eagles. See, that's the difference. Both teams have desperation, different types. Seahawks desperate to hold on to a playoff spot. Cowboys desperate to try to catch the Eagles. I frankly think between the two, the Cowboys have the more realistic shot. And I think desperation coupled with plausible realistic shot of reaching your goal is more potent. Seahawks are desperate, but I think they know how the movie's going to end. Cowboys still have it kind of up in the air. To me, that just adds to another, and I want it to be an exciting close game. I want it to go down to the wire. I just think that the Cowboys are going to blow them off the field. So what do I have? I think I have 35-17. Let me just make sure. We've got to get it right. 35-17, Cowboys over the Seattle Seahawks. Okay, I like it. Yeah, I, I, Listen, some of the things you said I, I don't disagree with. It, it is scary. It is. And it definitely could be a game where all of a sudden, hey, strip sack, fumbles, pick six, whatever. That's what's scary about Dallas. I'm going to play the Seattle's on their best behavior tonight. We'll see where it goes. Put your money where your mouth is and make it a best bet tonight. All right there, buddy. I don't like making Thursday oh, night games a best bet. Why? I like the best bets to linger into the weekend. But maybe, okay, fine. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Okay, Asshole. Good. Maybe good. I will. Good. Asshole. Good. Fuck face. Good. Make it that way. Let's go. Fine, <laughs> dickhead. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sunday early games. Broncos at a lot of bleeping going on in this podcast. Broncos at the Texans. The Texans favored by three and a half. Both teams are six and five. I'm surprised the spread is quite where it is. I mean, you think it's a little high right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like it's a little high. Yeah. The Texans coming off of that loss at home to the Jaguars. I feel like the Broncos are fueled by, they're nourished by the fact that people keep thinking that the bubble is going to pop as they keep winning and winning and winning games. This is, and and I saw the map because people were upset that this game got moved from four o'clock to one o'clock. Texans fans were like, Oh, we don't get a four o'clock game. You would have been lost in the shuffle at four Oh five. 
Regional broadcast at 4.05 up against 49ers Eagles. I saw the map of the 1 o'clock Eastern games. Most of the country is going to see this one, as it should. Broncos-Texans, a very meaningful game in early December. Texans favored by 3.5, over under a 47.5. Who do you like? Yeah. And more importantly, do you think if the Texans win, they cover the spread? Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's interesting. It, uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like you. When I saw that, I went, oh, three and a half, and I know that's not a big number. I, I just thought, oh, that's more than I expected. I thought maybe Texans favored by one, one and a half type of thing there, right? Denver's defense, we hit on this earlier today. You know, their pass defense has been the real deal Holyfield here the last four or five weeks, six weeks maybe, really. You know, they do a good job. They force fumbles on the defensive side of the ball. You know, they can get after the passer a little bit. The big question is going to be, I think they could slow down C.J. Stroud and the passing game to a degree. I do. I think they got the right scheme and personnel in the back end to do that, to where, like, C.J. Stroud doesn't throw for over 300 yards. But what I do worry about is Denver's run defense. You heard me say that last week. I, again, think that stands true this week. You know, this is a Texans offense that's shown the ability to run the ball, and they're kind of creative up front on how they run the ball. So that's where I worry about it altogether. But I, the Broncos, you know, they've had the right game plan in every game. So, you know, ever since they started the, the 70 to 20, you know, rebuild of their football team after the Dolphins, Dolphins uh, loss and debacle down there. Now, the other side of the ball, you know, the Broncos offense, it, it's not going to ever light up the scoreboard. It's not going to do that. We know that. And this Texans defense is fast as hell, got a pretty good front seven, and they're one of the better zone teams in football in the back end and passing things off that way. I'm going to go with the Texans to win the game, but the three and a half is a little too much to me. You know, it's an interesting matchup. Like I said, and I worry about the Texans. If they start to really have their way in the run game, then that's going to be, oh, no, C.J. Stroud and the play-action pass. Watch out. But I'm going to go Texans 20-17 to and have the Broncos cover this one. Hey, I got the same idea as you do. A little more points because I like points. I got 27-24 Texans. Broncos will give them fits. It will feel like at times Broncos could win the game. But, you know, like you said with Stroud, Stroud really is developing into a great young quarterback, and they're going to want to atone for last week. They almost forced overtime last week because of him. Yes. They almost made it happen Definitely. because of him. And they went toe-to-toe with the Jaguars, who are one of the best teams in the league, better than the Broncos. Texans need this one. Broncos need it, too. I get it. But it just feels like it's time for the Broncos to lose one. They're starting a three-game road streak here. They need to get more wins to get into the postseason. It's going to be very difficult to do it in Houston. And, you know, we talked earlier when we were looking at the props for C.J. Stroud's over under passing yards. This could be a running game between Damian Pierce, who seems to be healthy now, Devin Singletary, who's been very good this year. Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, set up some play action, pass when you need to, gash that defensive line, wear them out, and try to beat the Broncos and move to 7-5 and five and cement your credentials as a playoff team. We agree on that one. We just differ on the total points okay chargers five and a half point favorites at the new england patriots what is the world coming to (laughs) that the patriots are five and a half point underdogs at home to the roseanne rosanna dana it's always something la chargers but that's where we are 84 percent of the spread money is on the chargers over under of 40.5 we don't know who's playing quarterback for the patriots and it doesn't matter chris who do you got no it doesn't matter right nothing's going to change 
This is a game where I actually think the Chargers defense could look real good in, of course. You know, there's just not a lot of answers New England has, schematically, player-wise, whatever. You know, the biggest weapon on their offense right now is Demario Douglas. And and he's in he's in concussion protocol, if I remember that correctly. I think so. Yeah, he is. So we'll see where that goes. But yeah, the the Patriots are are falling apart in front of our eyes. Now their defense is still a pain in the butt and plays well and they're sound and they got enough pieces there to where I don't think the Chargers are gonna just go up and down the field on the Patriots defense. I don't. But it'll be more of the story like we always kind of talk about with these type of teams. The defense, the dam will break eventually just because their offense stinks and they'll be off the field too quickly, too many times during the game. I think the Chargers just slowly wear down the Patriots. Uh, I'm gonna make it twenty three to thirteen Chargers on the road. Yeah, I uh, look, I've got no faith in the Patriots whatsoever. This feels like a game that maybe they should be able to win, maybe. But I, it's just, there's, there's nothing left. I feel like they've – I hate to say they've given up. I, it's not like they're going to go out there and not try. But when you get to the point where you just feel mentally worn down by the season, you're going to be missing something. There's just something that's going to be not part of your effort to go out there and try to chase victories in December. It's Bill Belichick who says football season starts in Thanksgiving or at Thanksgiving. The reality for the Patriots, first time in a long time, football season is over as of Thanksgiving. There's yep. nothing to really play for, nothing to push for. There's going to be a new coach next year. It would be a major shock if there isn't. But, but, it is the Chargers. And we know if there's any team out there that's going to find a way to blow a hole in their own foot, <laughs> it is the L.A. Chargers. Not enough to lose, though. I'm going to give the Patriots the cover here. I'm going to go 20 to 17. I'll at least let the Patriots win with the points, but not win the game. So we agree straight up. We disagree against the spread. I think it'll be close. It'll probably be as boring as last week's game was between the Patriots and the Giants. But uh, that was epic. What are you talking about? That was epic. I mean, it was awesome. G-men, baby. (laughs) So bad, it's good. Yeah. So bad, it's good. Exactly. Just like Al said last year during, I think it was the Colts-Bears game. You ever watch a game that's so bad that it's kind of good? And Kirk Herbstreit <laughs> said, no, no. And I agree with him, no. Yeah. All right, Lions, four-point favorites on the road at New Orleans. Saints uh, hosting this one with a 47-point over under. DraftKings has 81% of the spread money on the Lions, trying to atone for Thanksgiving Day loss and also a Sunday game against the Bears before that where they did not look great. Saints losing to the Falcons, need to keep pace, need to try to take over the division, need a win. Can the Saints get a win against the Lions on Sunday, Chris? I I, I look at this game, right, you know, and and you know me, I try to kind of say every week a little bit about, hey, here's a game to me where an upset can happen, okay? I'm picking the Lions to win the game. I'll get that out of the way right now. I am. But. I think there's avenues here where the Saints can win this football game. I think there's, you know, some things in, in the matchup overall that I look at and go, huh, you know, that, that could be a pain in the butt for the Detroit Lions. You know, one, hey, the, the Saints can play some man coverage, right? You heard me say the other day, one of the issues with Detroit, other than Jamison Williams, is they don't really have guys that can separate versus man-to-man. Amon Ross St. Brown can separate, but he works in that, you know, 5 to 15 range. It's not the kind of guy that, you know, you're going to see him deep down the field consistently all game long. He's going to be in the slot, kind of working leverages and things that way, 
right? So they're going to make Jared Goff throw some passes into some tight windows. I think that's the thing I look at to be interesting, right? You know, the Saints do have some big people. They, they you know, should be able to they're, – they're, they're breaking apart a little bit, but at least not get run over in the run game by the Lions and what they do. You know, the Saints, the other thing they do because of that tight man-to-man coverage, and you heard me talk about Paulson Adebo, who's the best corner on the Saints now and one of the best corners in football, right? He can play on an island. They get a lot of interceptions. They're one of the league leaders in interceptions. Jared Goff's got a turnover problem right now. We know that. It's in the dome. It's desperation for the Saints. Here's the other side of the ball, right? The Lions are a better team. I know that. But the Saints, right? A lot of short passes, dink and dunk, boom, 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 boom. They pick you apart. They're pretty good at that to the point where you go like, can you open it up a little bit? The Lions, you've heard me say this, they don't want to play man. They're not a good man football team. They don't have those kind of guys. If they play man, you know, against Chris Olave, and I need to look, is Shahid Shahid healthy here or not? I'm not sure, right, because I know he was a little banged up last week during that, but I think he's good to go. He's not, so he's out. Sorry, sorry, he's out. But either way, with Olavi, right, they'll have some people that can go deep if they do go man-to-man, right? So that's where I worry. I worry about Carr picking apart this zone defense and making this game close. I'm going to take the Lions to win, like I said, but I'm going to make it 27-24, and this is a game that I look at as an upset could happen. I've got 27-20. Look, this is a battle of mid-level quarterbacks in my mind. Jared Goff and Derek Carr. Guys that can take you to a certain level, but no farther. And Carr hasn't quite and got quite gotten the Saints into that driver's seat for a playoff spot in the weakest division in football. Goff done very well, but now it's starting to fall apart. I just wonder which guy makes the mistake. That's where I feel like this game is going to come down to. Yeah. Who makes the mistake between these two mid-level quarterbacks who can take a team to a certain level, but no farther? And the Lions were let off the hook by the Vikings losing. I mean, if the Vikings had won on Monday night, then yeah, it starts getting right. a little interesting in the NFC North. It starts to tighten up a little bit. And this could be one where the Lions are, are – you know, look, they, they, know, they know they're not going to be the number one seed. You disqualify yourself by losing at home to the Packers on Thanksgiving Day. You're not going to catch the Eagles or the 49ers or the Cowboys. It's just not going to happen. they got to focus on winning, winning, winning hold off whoever would rise up in the NFC North. They're going to be the three seed. It feels like it's locked in. It's kind of like where the Vikings settled in last year. When we got toward the end of the season, it became obvious they're going to be the three seed. The Lions are going to be the three seed unless they really fall apart down the stretch. But that may – you know, I'm kind of talking myself into changing my mind here, but I'm not. I still think they, they hold it together enough to get this win, 27-20, the win and the cover – just by force of will from Dan Campbell, we talked about his comment from earlier in the week. We didn't just yell louder. We offered some substance. That's right. They have extra right. time. I think that coaching staff will fix enough to hold it together for now. they got some challenges yeah. coming up, but yeah. they'll hold it together for hey, now. Hey, the, ta- the coaching staff was the tiebreaker for me. That's really what I went down to. I just said, because I, like you heard me say, I thought this is a game the Saints could pull the upset. Uh, I'm going to just go with Dan Campbell and, and that culture and the things they've built there that they get back on track and don't let this upset happen. Don't let one get bad game affect another and become two. So we'll see where it goes. But I do think it's a sneaky, interesting game on Sunday afternoon. Falcons at the Jets. Last week, Atlanta won at home against the Saints. They discovered that B. John Robinson is pretty good, and maybe we should use him on a more regular basis. Facing the Jets, led by Tim Boyle, 
But, 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 oh, Aaron Rodgers back at practice. Is there an Aaron Rodgers is back at practice bump for the Jets? They're two and a half point underdogs at home with a 33 and a half over under. It is the lowest over under of the week. Chris, who wins this? One? Well, I, I mean, I'm not picking the Jets. I'm not. Now, it is a little scary. There's some ways you look at this and go, the Jets can win this game. We know the Falcons don't light up the scoreboard, right? We know that, right? And we know that the Jets are capable of their defense creating some turnovers, maybe scoring on their own, maybe giving their offense a short field. And I think when you couple with that with, hey, Desmond Ritter, he's going to throw four or five balls every game where you're going to go, what the fuck is he looking at or doing? Right, that's you just got to come to that. that that's what it's going to be. We saw last week there was like, whoa, it's good, it's good, it's good. Wow, he looks good. He's decisive. He knows where he's going with it today. And then it was like, whoa, huh? What? Huh? Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! And so I worry about him. The key is what you said: running the ball. The team has been built around their offensive line. It's the best position group of their football team. They have an advantage against a smaller Jets defense that you know relies on speed and chaos that way. I think they're going to be able to run the football, right? But they just need a little pass game to back the Jets off a little bit. And I do like, as you know, the Falcons defense. And how can you like the Jets offense versus anybody, right? I just worry about Ritter, strip sack, fumble, interception. If that doesn't happen, I'm taking the Falcons to win 20-10 to 10 on the road. Be conservative, Falcons. Don't let the Jets defense win the fucking ball game. To me, this is the Jets' last stand in a variety of ways. Yeah, I hear you. They need you. to win desperately. Right. There's so many calls for Robert Sala to be fired, Joe Douglas to be fired. I've said this before this week that Aaron Rodgers needs to come out and say, I'm coming back next year. And then Woody Johnson needs to come out and say, everybody's coming back next year. We're going to try to do next year what we were trying to do this year, that the only reason it's a shit show is because we lost Aaron Rodgers four snaps into the season. Now, you may lose him four snaps into next season as well, or he may get injured before we even get to next season because he's 40 as of Saturday. But regardless, this is about next year, but it's about stopping some of this brush fire in New York about the major changes they think need to be made. Because I think if they make major changes, it's going to be harder next year with Aaron Rodgers if he does come back, and I think he will. So... With him back at practice, there is, I believe, an Aaron Rodgers back at practice bump. There is, I believe, a desperation not to make the playoffs, but to at least keep it together, keep it rolling, keep it going until the next week when they lose, if that's what happens. I am going, what are you doing there? Are you the Grinch listening to the Who's down in Whoville? Exactly. I am going with the Jets. Mr. Grinch, to win this one, 17 to 14. (laughs) What a stupid little who you are. (laughs) We'll see who's laughing. We'll see who's laughing. And you know how this will go. You know how this will go. In the viewing room. Let me me help set the scene. I sit in the front row, Maria Taylor, Jason Garrett, Devin McCourty, and Pete at the end. You're in the back row on the far end next to Matt Casey. You'll be running your fucking mouth the whole time, and I won't say a word. And you'll be chap chirp 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 chirping at me the whole time, the whole time. The, let's go, Falcons! Woo! And I'll be, and I'll just sit there, and I'll take it. And then the Jets will win, and I'll just turn back and I'll look at you and smile. That's how it's going to play out on Sunday. And then I'll go, I can fucking Falcons! What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> how you let the fucking Jets win this yeah. game? How'd you yeah. do so that? So that's how it goes. Yeah. We've, 
We've seen this movie before. 1714. Jets upend the Falcons. Wow. And just keep it alive. Put the fire out. And and and, and this is this is just Aaron Rodgers is back. How They're many times have the Jets Aaron screwed Rodgers. you over this year and you're still gonna ride with it? Okay. All right, I like it. They I did the get Jets the miracle. The Giants. You picked the Jets over the Eagles, too. That was a good one. I picked the Jets over the Eagles. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, that was yes. that was the call of the Let's year. Go Jets. That was the call of the year. Here's one J- thing I want to E T S. I just Jets, that you threw out Jets. there. Jets. That I think is worth like that. I just right like I listen. I understand the fan base wanting Robert Sala fired. I get that right. You know, I'm not saying I condone it or think it's the right thing. I understand that. The Joe Douglas one is the one where I'm like, what? Have you seen your team? You're like one of the most talented teams in football. It's because of the GM. He's the one that got them all there. What are you thinking, Jet fans? This is where Jet fans are, again, they're way too emotional and irrational that they're going to ruin the good things on their team because there's one bad thing, so they're going to ruin everything because of it. And they're going to call for one of the best things they got in their organization, which is the guy that built the roster, and they're going to call for him to get fired. Like, that's where I don't, I don't understand that. I don't understand. Like I said, I don't condone the Robert Sala thing, but I can understand that one. Joe Douglas, what best D-line in football. Uh, one of the best linebacker duos in football. One of the best secondaries in football. Uh, a superstar running back, a superstar receiver, pretty good tight ends. Yeah, the O-line is the only thing you can look at that's an issue. And they got Aaron Rodgers, and he got hurt, and they got unlucky. That's what I don't get. I believe what will happen after the season. Because they've already sold their souls for Aaron Rodgers. That's the core problem. That is, they went right. all in with Aaron Rodgers. And yeah. the problem is they went too far. They let him have too much influence over the roster construction. I think he's going to be told after the season ends, hey, Aaron, you can have a seat at the table, but you're not calling the shots. You're a shitty general manager. So you, we'll, we'll keep you in the loop, but no more of your buddies. David Bakhtiari can go somewhere else. We don't want him, and we're not going to mortgage our future even more for Devontae Adams. We're going forward with what we have, although I wouldn't be completely stunned if they try to get Devontae Adams because he could make a real difference next year. All right, Cardinals at the Steelers. Pittsburgh favored by four or uh, five, five and a half points with an over-under of 41 and a half. Chris, who do you like in this one? Oh, mama, I'm in fear for my life. Kyler Murray's the one who should be singing Renegade. He should be in fear. I, I don't mean in fear for his life, literally, but it's it's going to be a long day for Kyler Murray against the Steelers' defense. Yeah, I mean, you know, going to your, your favorite football team's home stadium, defense has been awesome. The offense is showing signs of life, right? Yeah, cold day, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, you know, what is it? It's going to be December here coming up, right? So it'll be December, right? I mean, yeah, it, nothing in that. Yeah, it'll be. You know what? Yeah. When it's December in New York, I can safely say it's also December. I, I was looking at the date. I, I wasn't have sure what that. Sunday, what Sunday's date was. And then I was like, oh, damn, it's the last day of the month. We're at November 30th right now. But either way, the the um, yeah, I don't look at it to be a conducive environment for the Arizona Cardinals to win the football game. I don't No, the offense. As we know, I mean, it, it's got some dangerous acts, aspects about it, but I don't think it's anything that I can look at to go, oh, they're going to move the ball consistently against the Pittsburgh Steelers defense all day. I don't see that. I think they got the type of guys that can contain Kyler Murray from scrambling around and making too much magic, right? The other side of the ball, I expect them to be able to run the ball at Arizona too. That's another thing. I mean, we did see life from the Steelers. We've seen little glimmers of life. We'll see what, you know, last week brings to this week, a little bit more aggressive passing the football and all that. But this just seems like a little bit too much of a physical 
cold weather type game for the Cardinals, 24-14 Steelers. It's time for your weather on the ones. On Sunday in Pittsburgh, the high will be 57 degrees. Ah. With a chance of rain during game time. Ah. Winds gusting up to 28 miles per hour. Regardless, it's Pittsburgh. It's outdoors. It's December. They're 7-4. and four. The Cardinals are ass this year. They just are. Yeah, they, they can't stop the run. They winning this year. Right. Kyler Murray has been good, and it gives them something to really think about when the season ends, about whether they stick with him or roll the dice on a new quarterback. But, but. This just adds up to a problem for the Arizona Cardinals. I've got the Steelers winning this one. Let me get back to my email now that I've I've given you the weather report for Sunday. Steelers twenty to ten. I, I the Steelers have discovered their running game. Their defense is very good. They'll give Kyler Murray fits. Uh, it just kind of is. This is just one of those. It is what it is games. I mean, yeah, the Cardinals are having a bad year, and this is a tough spot. December in Pittsburgh. It's not going to go well for them. All right. Colts taking on the Titans in Tennessee. Colts are favored by one. No Jonathan Taylor, but Gardner Minshew getting it done at quarterback. Titans beat the Panthers last week and got Frank Reich fired by David Tepper. Over under 42 and a half. Who do you like in this one? Yeah, you know, the, the, the Colts defense has been better lately, <clears throat> right? Not great, but better. Their front's really good. That I have faith in. You know, I think it's the secondary. I worry about that a little bit here. I do, but I don't know if the Titans got the offense or the horses on that side of the ball to really, you know, take it to the Indianapolis Colts defense. Uh, that'll be interesting to see. Now, you know, with Will Levis and his ability to throw the deep ball and all that, that can make it interesting, definitely. You know, the other side of the ball, Titans defense, uh, not so great as of late, kind of falling apart, you know, in front of us as far as, you know, early in the year. We're definitely more stout against the run and playing better overall defense. And I think it's a Colts offense that hits, it, hits its stride. You know, I've been joking all week about the blue wall. They got that old line going again in, in Indianapolis. It's one of the better ones in all of football. Shane Steichen's an awesome run game designer. You know I, know I say that a lot. And then Minshew's going to make a few plays for you, let alone their pass game's creative, right? So I'm going to go, you know, I think the Titans, it's at home. It's a desperate effort. I do think that they can run the ball and control the clock a little bit against the Colts, but I'm still going to go the Colts 23-20 on this one. Um, I went back and forth on this one. Yeah, I And I do you. have the Colts 21-17. Um, I could see the Titans winning this game. Yeah. I could see they ride Derrick Henry, right. Will Levis, you know, a few games a few in. plays and here and there. Gardner Minshew coughs up a couple, but – the Colts are playing for something the Titans really aren't other than to be a spoiler. Nobody likes that role. Who cares, right? You're going out, you're playing for pride, playing for your teammates, putting down film that may be a factor in where you are next year. But still, the Colts have something good happening, and I feel like the Colts good enough to get this one by a slim margin, 21-17. to 17. But it's one that I would not make a best bet. I could easily see it going the other way. And my only... My only belief here, and you know, I keep hearing you talk about how how Shane Steichen is doing such a great job with the offense. That may be enough. Uh, you know, a creative play at the right time to take advantage of something the Titans are doing to fuel a drive, get some points, make the difference that way. But not a blowout by any means. It's going to be hard fought. They could yeah. lose. But if I have to go one way or the other, and I do because that's what we do on this show. We don't just defer. We don't pass. We make a pick on every game. I'll take the Colts twenty-one to seventeen. Although if I did have a pass to play this week. This is the game. Maybe we should do that in the future. Maybe we should have one pass per week. Wouldn't that make it? Wouldn't that make it interesting? We don't we just need... have one per week where we can say pass. 
I was Stanley's second choice after pass. All right, Colts 21-17. Dolphins, nine-and-a-half-point favorites at FedEx Field. <laughs> Shower in the parking lot, Dolphins. Don't, don't expect any water in the locker room. Maybe they won't need much. Maybe they won't even get all that dirty. Maybe they'll make quick work of the commanders. 49.5 point over under highest of the week. Biggest spread of the week at 9.5. Chris, who do you got? Yeah, I mean, obviously Dolphins. <clears throat> Dolphins defense continues to get better, right? You got the shakeup in, in the commanders organization with firing Jack Del Rio. I know they got a little extra time this week, but so do the Dolphins. That doesn't matter. I worry about the commanders defense. Yeah, against this Dolphins offense, it's got everything. We know that. You know, and the commanders, of course, stripped of their two pass rushers on the edge. You know, that, that's the one area you can, you know, kind of get to Miami a little bit is they're not the stoutest up front as far as pass protection, and you can collapse the pocket a little bit against them. We've seen some of the good defenses do that to them. I don't think the commanders can do that. I don't think they're going to have enough answers to, to stop this Dolphins offense. You know, I could see the commanders making a few plays on the Dolphins defense, but I think all in all, you know, the Dolphins have have got it down. They've adjusted to Vic Fangio's scheme and have been playing really well on that side of the ball. I'm taking Dolphins 31-17, and, you know, the more I talk about it, I almost think maybe I should have made it higher than that. But either way, I got them covering the spread comfortably, and I think they win the game comfortably. 42-17 and potentially the game that, that greases the skids for Ron Rivera to be fired before the end of the season, although, as we discussed earlier, they seem to be committed to him through the end of the season. Maybe they don't want to do the interim coach thing. Just get through the season, make a clean break, make a fresh start, and pick your coach. They may already know who they want to hire. I mean, a lot of these owners, when they've made the decision unofficially, informally, behind the scenes as to who they're moving on from, they know who they're moving toward. So it's just a matter of time. But if it's bad enough, maybe on Monday. For the second straight Monday, there's a coach who gets fired. And I'm with you, 42-17. I just think the Dolphins are are kind of in that zone right now. We know they beat the teams they should. They need to beat some teams. They shouldn't. They'll have those opportunities, but not this weekend. This is a game they should win, and we both believe they will win, and we both believe they will cover. When we return the late games for Sunday, including this week's edition of the Game of the Year, 49ers-Eagles. We'll do that next here on Chris Hibbs Unbuttoned and PFTPM. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. The Premier League is built on hope. The hope of discovering a new star. It doesn't take long for Darwin Nunez to make an impression. The hope of rewriting history. Saka! He's his calling card. And the hope 
of continuing a dynasty. Unstoppable week after week. This is the Premier League on NBC, USA and Peacock. Don't forget, on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $150 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code P-F-T-L-I-V-E when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. All right, late game Sunday. Let's start with a game nobody cares about, Panthers at the Buccaneers. Buccaneers favored by five with an over-under of 37. This is the first game for the Panthers this year without Frank Reich, or if David Tepper is saying it, Frank Reich as the head coach. Thomas Brown running the offense, Jim Caldwell helping out, Chris Tabor, the interim head coach. Does it make a difference as the Panthers try to get a win against a Buccaneers team that just kind of feels stuck in the mud, Chris? Yeah, yeah, just, you know, not a real good football team, either one of them, really, honestly, right? And, you know, I, I don't know. Flo Rio, I think I like the Bucks. okay? And, you know, I do think, though, this game could be close. I think there could be... You know, a little bit new coach bump and energy for the Carolina Panthers that, you know, advantage to them. You know, maybe something as far as a wrinkle on the offensive side of the ball that, you know, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense isn't ready for whatever. Uh, I kind of look at it that way. I don't know. And then you know, the other thing, too, is I don't imagine the Bucks having a ton of success against this Panthers defense. I think this Panthers defense is pretty damn good. Right? I think they can certainly get the Bucks off the field on, on more than one, of, one occasion. And it's a Bucks defense that's you know, not special either. And you can make big plays on them. Right? I've been a little bit disappointed with the, the way they've played. I think they got a little more talent than you know, what they're showing on the football field. I'm going to take the Bucks to win 17-14. to 14. I think the Panthers hang around and make it very close. I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning this one 21 to 20. I just think that the turmoil of this past week is not quickly forgotten in the locker room. You've probably got some players who disagree with David Tepper being heavy handed and firing the head coach this point in the season. It's a lot to process. It's a lot to recover from. I don't see a bump. It's the second year in a row they've gone through this. And last year it provided a bump that carried all the way through to the end of the season and Steve Wilkes didn't get fair consideration for the job. That's where David Tepper got it wrong. He should have just given Steve Wilkes another chance, just like Mark Davis should have given Rich Basaccia another chance a couple of years ago. So I think this is the kind of thing that makes the players even harder pressed to get to the highest level of performance. And we've seen all year what the highest level of performance results uh, in for the Panthers. So I think the Buccaneers win this one. They're still kind of on the fringes of playoff consideration. They're not all that. They're only one game out of first place in the NFC South. So I think they win this one 21 to 10. And the firing of Frank Reich or Reich, if you prefer it that way, is not going to have made a positive difference for the Panthers right away. All right. The Browns taking on the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams favored by three and a half. The Browns are seven and four. The Rams are sub 500. And the Rams are favored by three and a half points with an over-under of 40. Chris, are you taking the favorites, the home team, the Rams? Well, go ahead, Mr. Flo Rio. Read it all. Let me hear what you got to say. You sound like you got something interesting to say here. There's got to be better ways to mispronounce my name. (laughs) There's got to be. Phil. Come on, Phil. You can do better than that. Uh, All right. I will next Um, time. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay. Uh, so, so, what do I have here for this one? I, I believed in the Browns excessively last week. I was too confident. Are you making this up Denver, on the fly again, Denver. or did you actually write this no, stuff down? No. Okay. I, I I it's like the third it time you're like, I, I don't I know who I got in this one. Let me act like I'm looking at something. I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm just wondering. I'll, I'll, peel, back, I'll peel back the curtain, uh, folks. I'm directing traffic with my writers and communicating with them because Vaughn Miller is accused of, of a third-degree felony assault okay. against his – Longtime girlfriend who's also pregnant, so I'm trying to take care of that. I got you. Okay, we'll give you a pass there. Video discussing that. We'll give you a pass. But I have it right here. Browns 20 to 17. I go back to this whole Jim Schwartz, Matthew Stafford angle. The Browns defense is really good. Schwartz is going to know how to rattle Matthew Stafford. And even with Dorian Thompson Robinson in the concussion protocol, and apparently Joe Flacco will be the guy playing quarterback for the Browns, not P.J. Walker, if it comes down to that. And that may actually help this Browns offense. I think the Browns hold it together. They know that this chance of getting to the postseason is kind of hanging by a thread, even though they're seven and four. It can fall apart very quickly. They need to atone for last week's loss. Miles Garrett seems to be okay. He didn't practice on Wednesday, and it was a combination of rest and shoulder. They had four players that fell into that category. I think Amari Cooper, rest and ribs, and a couple of other starters as well. Rest plus injury. So I really don't know how much of it was injury or rest for Miles Garrett, but the way Kevin Stefanski spoke about it yesterday, I think he's good to go. I think that's bad news for the Rams. I think the Browns win this game 20-17, to 17, but it won't be a best bet for me. I don't feel great about this one. I am surprised the Rams are favored, and maybe, maybe the Browns use that as a little kick in the ass to try to get themselves extra motivated because they're the ones who should be favored in this game, in my view. Well, I, I, you know, both teams like you know the gritty – like low scoring football game. I think they're both comfortable in that, right? I I do. Now, you know, I I I don't like Joe Flacco coming in or whatever. That does not sound like new, you know, music to my ears. When I hear Joe Flacco, I just think, well, the the Rams will definitely get two or three strip sacks in the game then because Joe will just sit there all day and pat the ball. I mean, right? I joked about it last year. I used to be like, uh, cue in the next five minutes a Flacco fumble in the pocket, and it almost always happened. I used to joke about it in the, the viewing room all the time. So I don't care who it is. It's Joe Flacco. He hasn't done crap all year, and now he's going to be thrown into a pretty meaningful game in L.A. I, I don't like the sounds of that right? This Rams D is good. And we know it's a, a Browns offense. That's, that's not very good, especially without, you know, a starting quarterback or even the backup. All right. And I think the Rams are smart enough to find little ways, short passes, get the ball out of their hands, and they'll play a game of, we're not going to let the Browns defense beat us. I'm going with the Rams 20 to 13 Rams win it in LA. I just can't get behind the Browns and that offense, and I think McVay and company will have enough answers to not let Schwartz's defense just totally take over. All right, this week's version of the game of the year, it's going to be a tough act to follow with that Bills-Eagles game from last week that went to overtime with the Eagles winning 37-34. to 34. The 49ers come to town is now three-point favorites. The line has been bet from two-and-a-half to three. A lot of people believe in the 49ers on the road against the Eagles over under a 47. Chris has picked the 49ers to win every game this season. Will he do it again? Let's find out. Ooh, yeah. This is uh, – I, I can't wait for this game. 
I mean, to me, this is the the game of games when you talk about clash of the titans, clash of the the biggest, baddest mofos in football going against each other. That's where I'm excited to see it. You know, it's the it's the Eagles and the best O line in football versus the 49ers, and I think the best D line in football. It's the 49ers O line, which is top five in football, versus the Eagles D line, which is the second best D line, only behind the Niners in football, in my opinion. And I know some people might think it's one, right? There's just so many good players across the board, right? But I think at their best, I have the same feel as you do. When they're at their best, the 49ers are better than the Eagles this year. I honestly think the Eagles were better last year as a total football team. Maybe they're a little bit grittier and grimier this year and winning their close games and doing that, which I do think has value. There's no doubt. But I don't think the offense is good without Shane Steichen. I don't think the defense is creative without Jonathan Gannon. I still think they're finding their way there. And we've seen the Eagles defense – Hey, it's got it's shown some cracks here as of late. Teams have been moving the ball up and down the field on them, right? I mean, in Kansas City's their stats and game would have looked a lot different if they got people catch the football and they would have won that game. So that's where I worry about the Eagles on that side. And then I think the 49ers defense is phenomenal and going to have enough answers. They're going to be one of the few teams that won't be totally compromised like what happened to the Bills last week. It's 17-7, to and the Eagles just run the ball all the way down the field, and then Jalen Hurts fakes a run, and there's A.J. Brown wide open with nobody covering him. The 49ers are never going to have to be so compromised to go, oh, no, we can't stop the run that they're going to have to go all in on that. 49ers, 24-20, they get their payback from the NFC Championship game. I think they're the more motivated team in this matchup, too. Just throw that on top of the uh, uh, conversation. So you've got the 49ers winning and covering the three-point spread. Yeah. For this one, yeah, I, this is a an underrated rivalry. It's not a natural rivalry. There's no geographic connection. They're not in the same division. They don't have a long history of playoff games against each other, but they've they've played each other a lot over the years. And this game made me think of when I first picked the score 24-23. And I'm going to adjust it. It's not the final score yet. But I thought 24-23, I thought back to a game in 2011. It was Jim Harbaugh's first year. It was the year of the Eagles' dream team. The Eagles were in danger of falling to 1-3. and three. It was week four of the 2011 season. And I went out on a limb because the Eagles were favored. And I picked the 49ers to win that game. For whatever reason, why did I think 25-24? I don't know. I should have gone 24-23 because that was the final score of the game. The 49ers won 24-23. So I'm going... Back to the future, I think. I don't know. But I'm going. I was going to go 24-23. But, but as a nod to the score I picked when these two teams met week four of the 2011 season, I'm going 25-24. 49ers win. Eagles cover. And the final score will be 24-23. 49ers win. Eagles cover. But I want 25-24 to be the score just, just because of that game from 12 years ago. I think the 49ers can match the physicality, if not exceed it. They're going to be pissed, and they're fully healthy. They're fully healthy. That's the key. Fully healthy, the 49ers are the best team in the NFL. That's why they're favored by three points. They may not come out of this game fully healthy, Chris, but they're going into it fully healthy, and I think it's enough for them to win. Okay, when we return, primetime games, including Patrick Mahomes' first trip ever to historic and revered Lambeau Field. We'll discuss that next year on PF2PM and Chris Simpson. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. 
the longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. I'm ready to go. Streaming now only on Peacock. Five rich and famous international soccer stars. They have everything except love. I think girls in the past have gone for me because of what I've got. That's why we're going undercover. We're setting them up with single American women. They don't know we are famous. They don't know we are rich. And they'll have to hide their true identity. What do you do for work? I'm an ad salesman. (laughs) Oh, God. What am I doing? Love Undercover. New series streaming now only on Peacock. Don't forget, on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $150 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app. Use the promo code UNBUTTONED when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Right, apparently, I didn't know this, but there's a priest on the way to the studio to perform an exorcism. That's what it Christmas was. That's what I was going for. I was going for dark yeah. goth devil guy. I'm glad you got it. Okay, that means I did a pretty good job. I'm the devil. That's what always freaked me out as a kid, too. When that, that deep demon voice would come out of somebody else's body, like a woman or a kid, like in The Exorcist. Yeah. That always messed me up. Even though I should have realized it wasn't real, just seeing that messed me up. And let me tell you, since we're we got to take a break in four minutes, so we got to to two games. I've I've only ever seen The Exorcist once in my life because when I saw that, like in 1980, when it was on Showtime or whatever, it messed me up. I didn't sleep right for a month (laughs) after seeing that movie. I have no desire to ever see that again. All right, Chiefs at Packers. Six-point favorites. At one point, it looked like maybe The Exorcist would be a better watch on Sunday night, but this is a good game. Chiefs favored by six. Packers trying to will their way into the postseason field. 42-and-a-half over-under. I have picked the Chiefs to win every game this season, so let me begin here. I am not about to pick the Chiefs to lose. They need these wins. They're trying to be the number one seed, and right now I think they're going to be the team that navigates this late-season schedule with the right degree of urgency and skill and luck to get the one seed in the AFC. They're not going to get the one seed by losing to the Packers on Sunday. That's for damn sure. I just need to find my picks here so I get the score right. Where are my picks? What happened to my picks? Chris, go ahead and do yours, and then I'll tell you what my score is because I can't find my my sheet with my picks. Okay, all right. Well, listen, it's a game where... I, here it is. Here it is. Okay, here it is. Go ahead. 31-24. 31-24. 24 Chiefs. All right. Sorry. Sounds like an so exciting game. So they cover by one point. Yeah. Exciting game. I, I think we could get an exciting game. I feel like this game could go like three different ways for me. 
one, it could be Chiefs dominate and kind of control the game and maybe even blow them out. Two, could be Chiefs nail-biter. Three, somehow the, the Packers win a nail-biter. And let me just give you why I think that could happen. Right. One, the, the, the Packers, the training wheels are off. It's full fledged. Go ahead with Jordan Love. The offense was as aggressive as we've seen all year last year. And it, I mean, last week against Detroit. And it had been building up to that. They got they're healthy on the offensive side. They can protect their O line. They're good at that. Right. The three weapons on the outside are real. Dobbs, Watson, Jaden Reed, you better watch out. The Chiefs play a ton of man. That could be scary, and they like to throw it downfield. Musgrave can run at tight end, right? So there are some things there that I look at that go, they can make some plays against this Chiefs defense. Now the other side of the ball, hey, the Chiefs have found some things I think that work for them. Last week I thought was one of the most versatile game plans I've ever seen them have. Two tight end sets, three tight end sets, a ton of screens, ran the ball, and an occasional shot play down the field. I like that a lot. I really do. I think the Packers are going to hang around in this one. I think the Packers are ultra-talented on defense. They got young talent. They're not always perfectly sound, but I think they hang around and make it interesting. I'm going to go Chiefs 23-20. So you have the Packers covering. I have the Chiefs covering. I feel like we disagree on a lot of the covers this week. I just think the Chiefs the better team, and they need it. And also, Patrick Mahomes' first trip ever to Lambeau Field. We talked about this a couple weeks ago with the Chargers. Not that it helped the Chargers beat the Packers. But I think there's going to be something very meaningful to Patrick Mahomes about going to Lambeau Field and having a big game in his first game. I hear you there. This the last time he would have played there with a knee injury. I think the did the Chiefs still win? Maybe they lost that one. I can't remember. Regardless, this is the first time Mahomes actually plays at Lambeau Field. All right, Monday Night Football. Looked like a great game a couple of weeks ago. But now the Cincinnati Bengals with Jake Browning, not Joe Burrow, a quarterback, taking on the Jaguars, who are nine-point favorites at home with a 38 over under. Monday Night Football, who do you have, Jacksonville or Cincinnati? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to go with Cincinnati right now, right? I mean, you know, the quarterback situation, uh, it's not horrible. You know, but the Bengals' defense, I think, is the disappointing thing. And a Jaguars' offense that I think has found something. Tack down the field. We know they can run the ball. Their meat and potatoes intermediate pass game was always good. If they attack like they did against Houston, it opens up the whole field. The Bengals let up big plays everywhere. I like the Jaguars, 28-17. I got 24-10. There isn't much more to say about it. The Jaguars are in position to be the one seed. The Jaguars can't afford to stumble. And I still think, Chris, that the Jaguars learned. We talked about this after it happened. They got stomped by the 49ers, and they got a glimpse of what they need to be. Last year, their turning point game was the loss to the Broncos in London. This year, the turning point game is the loss at home in convincing fashion to the 49ers. I think that's propelled them to become the team they now are, and they'll keep it going on Monday night, 24 to 10. All right, quick break. When we come back, best bets for week 13 and our Folsom Prison Blues picks. PFTPM, Kristen's unbuttoned backward address. All right, best bets time for week 13. Christopher, you are up. I mean, listen, I'm going to be peel back the curtain. I, I like the Falcons, but I don't trust Desmond Ritter to make it a, a best bet. I like the Chargers, but I expect, you know, I worry about the Chargers charging. So I can't make that one. All right. So here we go. Okay. I don't want, I want the glory hole closed up. Okay. That's right. No glory hole. I'm going Seahawks. The hole has been plugged. Sorry. 
All right, I'm okay. picking the C. I'm picking the Cowboys to win, but I'm going to pick the Seahawks to cover. Okay, that's my first best bet. Well, I am going to pigeon tail your selection for Thursday night. If you're going Thursday night, Good. I'm going Thursday. Open night up too. that glory hole. How about them Cowboys? <laughs> Cowboys for me. All right. We got a minute. Let's go. Okay, fine. Second I'm going bet. the Dolphins, okay? I'm going against the Dolphins, against the Commanders. I think they win convincingly. I agree with you on the Dolphins. Pick three, go. Damn, okay. Pick three, we're going to the 49ers, baby. That's right. I, I, I picked 24-20. I think they're going to win the game. I think it's just due for the Eagles to lose. It's been due, due and... They're worn out from the last two games. 24-20, I'm going Niners. Last one for me. This one's easy. They won't even need to play this. We're probably going to have to send somebody oh, a check Oh, you're going now. the Steelers? They don't even need to play Renegade on Sunday. Ah, Steelers going win, with the Steelers. Steelers cover. Here Give me your false prison blues. Give me it. Give me it. Give me it. Oh, Miami. Uh, Miami. I'm going Miami, too. All right. Let's go, Cardinals. Make it tight. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.